You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Wait a minute. Do you still think politics is boring? Well, not when you can say fun words like cacus. Yes, it's fun words like cacus and more. With the intellectual, intersexual, and intersectional. Nicole Sandler on NicoleSandler.com. latest right-wing culture wars are getting out of hand as these attacks expand there's one thing i don't understand why are you freaking out about things that are none of your damn business like what people wear or their medical care well let me correct you that doesn't affect you and what's it to you what other folks do on their own behind closed doors let them live their own lives and just pay attention to yours now when you get the urge to weigh in because of what you heard someone praying just saying stay away and leave everybody else alone schmucks why are you passing laws about things that are none of your damn business like what books we can read or which school kids to feed as this crap is growing your bigotry's showing as we've seen before each new culture war is insane and idiotic because progress moves forward and fighting it quixotic oh that's a literary reference you probably don't understand because you never read the book or you had it banned boycotting products willy-nilly makes you look extremely silly and banning teaching history early what the hell is wrong with you schmucks people's sex lives and health care and pronouns and gender are none of your freaking business Though it might hurt you, no one wants to convert you. With views so extreme, who'd want you on their team? And straight white Christians are not the real victims, so cut this crap out now. Your interference we deplore. Your opinion no one's asking for. So don't give it anymore, cause it's all none of your damn business. Don't stop the video just yet. It's Lauren with a very quick reminder that these videos don't produce themselves, but you can help me by joining my Patreon, where for as little as $2 a month, you can help me continue to make the videos that help you laugh the news and would otherwise make you cry. Thanks. There you go. Lauren Mayer getting us started on this Friday. It's a shitty day. Wrapping up a shitty week and a shitty term of a shitty extreme court. And we'll get to it. Um, Lisa Graves returns today because we knew that the court was going to wrap up its term uh, today. Thank you, Jr. in the chat room, who gave a little tip there. A nice tip. Thank you, Jr. Um, So Lisa Graves will be along in a little minute. We started in in just a moment or two. We started with Lauren Mayer because she puts out one of these songs 
pretty much every Friday. And uh, she always puts me in a good mood, <laughs> as good as can be, as, as we can possibly get, you know, considering the circumstances. But before Lisa gets here, a um, couple of things um, I, I, I want to tell you. One is uh, today's the last day of June. Tomorrow, Saturday's June 1st. Few things happen on uh, July 1st. Sorry. Few things happen on July 1st. One is when new laws go into effect. And so, effective tomorrow in Florida, anybody, anywhere, can carry a concealed weapon. Now, you can't open carry, so you can't walk around with an AR 15 hanging off your shoulder. I guess, thank God for small miracles, right? But you can have anything tucked away in a backpack in your in your uh, you know in your uh pant uh waistband i guess if people do in your sock however they you you don't know who around you is packing heat and it's perfectly legal unless you're going into a school or a government office or certain other places go figure so starting tomorrow uh it's even more dangerous to be in florida so we got that going for us. Tomorrow also happens to be Canada Day. So say hello to your favorite neighborly Canadian. Um, then uh, it's, it's the 1st of July on Tuesday. Tuesday is the 4th of July Independence Day. Nice of the Supreme Court to be wholly un-American on the Friday before the, before the 4th of July. Um, just so you know, I'm going to take the holiday and I'll take the Monday too, because why not? Because I don't do that often enough. And last week's break was very good to me. So I'm going to take the long weekend. However, you know what I like doing on holidays around here? We're going to have a music show, uh, actually two. So if you want some good um, Nicole Sandler show style music for your 4th of July celebrations, um, It'll be two hours worth of a playlist split over two days. So Monday and Tuesday, and uh, I'll upload them on the website early. So you can have them and, you know, use them for your celebration, okay? But they will air on Monday and Tuesday, but not on uh, YouTube and not live at five o'clock because, you know, I'm taking the days off. Right now, because the the piece of equipment that I use to broadcast the show live to progressive voices every day broke down, I think, in one of our um, big electrical storms here. We probably had a power surge and uh, this this Zephyr unit, this Telos unit got fried. So we had to send it into them. It's being repaired. While it's being repaired, this show is on a tape delay on progressive voices. So um, we're on we, we flipped places with David Pakman. So he's on at five and I'm on at seven until this equipment comes back and I can go live again. So Monday and Tuesday, you'll hear the the big playlist, uh, you know, the 4th of July music show shows um, at seven Eastern on Progressive Voices or just go to NicoleSandler.com and I will post them for you. And they'll be right there on the homepage. But um, so it'll be easy to find. OK, they'll be up. They'll be up by Monday, at some point on Monday. So there's that. Um, uh, Lisa Graves will be along in a little while. Before she gets here, let me take care of a little business. One of our newest sponsors is um, Nom Nom. It's a food. You know, I'm dog obsessed. You know, I love my little guy, Jackson, more than almost anything. You know, there's David, there's Allison, and there's Jackson. This is my family. So um, I would do anything for this little guy even though he is a pain in the ass. And that includes pampering him. I've cooked him meals. I've, I, I spoon feed him sometimes because he's, he's very finicky and he, he, has a ner- he has an upset stomach and he chases and eats lizards and then he won't eat his food. So we got the Nom Nom because, you know, when a, a, a sponsor comes aboard, I won't endorse a product unless I've tried it and believe in it. So you you know that. So they sent some samples of this num num food. And Jackson, you know, when he was a puppy, when he was little, he used to do the dinner dance. He would spin, spin when we brought out the food. Well, he doesn't spin anymore. But with the num num, he spun again. 
So, and, and here's the thing. Um, they have board certified veterinary nutritionists, two of them on staff that work extensively to ensure everything sent out is the very best for your dog's um, health and livelihood is what it says here. In an effort to reduce the carbon footprint, boxes, meal packs, and premium insulating liners that they ship the food to you in are all either recyclable or made from recycled materials and are designed to keep your pet's meals fresh in transit. Um, You know, it comes with the, the dry ice and it's packaged up really good. So here's how it works. You go to trinom.com slash Nicole. That way they know I sent you. And if you decide to check it out, to try it out, you'll get 50% off your first order and free shipping. So you tell them about your dog, age, breed, weight, allergies, protein preferences, and they tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them right to you. So make the switch to fresh. At least check it out. Order Nom Nom today. Go to trynom.com slash Nicole and get 50% off your first order plus free shipping. Okay, check it out. Um, I guarantee, I'm, I'm thinking your, your dog is going to love it as much as Jackson does. So um, enjoy. Okay, so now... Um, uh, let's see uh, one more moment. I'm going to, I'm going to play one more message for you. And then, um, there's this group I've shared their videos many, many times. And they're from Australia. They, they talk about we're the Australian government and they spell it Australian I E N instead of I A N. And it's actually a group called, um, oh shoot. Now, now what, what is their name? Juice Media. And an Australian media company, um, and they do funny videos, and they're usually poking fun at the Australian government. But in this case, ooh, they go after the Supreme Court. So I will share that uh, um, Juice Media Honest Government Supreme Court version with you in just a moment, right here on The Nicole Sandler Show. But first a word about another of our sponsors. I'm Nicole Sandler, and I've struggled with depression since adolescence. Now, I've seen my share of therapists over the years, though I hadn't lately. That's because it's gotten really difficult to find any good therapist locally, let alone one who you really connect with. So when I was presented with BetterHelp coming aboard as a sponsor of this show, I was thrilled. And since I'll only endorse products and services I believe in, I signed up to check them out. And BetterHelp makes it easy. It's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you go to betterhelp.com slash Nicole Sandler. That way they know I sent you. And if you decide to try it out, you'll get 10% off your first month. You fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Nicole Sandler today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nicole Sandler. These are the sounds of crushed souls. The sounds of despair from former radio personalities languishing in the purgatory of corporate consolidation. These former radio personalities have lost their livelihoods, not because they weren't entertaining or informative, but because they don't meet today's corporate terrestrial broadcast standards of being smelly, overweight douchebags, seething with vein-popping hatred. These radio refugees and their audiences have since migrated to the Internet, but their struggle continues as the quest for monetization ensues. Nicole Sandler is leading the way to reestablishing thought-provoking and entertaining radio, and you can help. By clicking the donate button on NicoleSandler.com. Donate today, or as much and as often as you can. Dry the tears of listeners by removing the rotting stench of corporate radio. Won't you help? Hello, I'm from the U.S. government. 
No, not that. Or that. Your actual government. The Supreme Court. You know, the guys who brought you voter suppression. Citizens United. And this global terrorist. SCOTUS. SCOTUS. Even at the best of times, SCOTUS gives zero f***s about democracy. We answer to nobody. We overrule laws made by Congress. Our justices are appointed for life. And you don't even elect us. To be fair, you barely elect the people who do appoint us. But here we are. And now that we finally have enough Federalist Society nutjobs on the bench, we'll be using this court's unchecked power to wrong some rights. Like the right for women to have no control over their own bodies. The right for kids to be indoctrinated at school. The next mass shooter's right to flaunt their weapon in public. And the right for polluters to kill even more of you in heat waves, floods, and fires. But we're only just getting started. In our next term, we'll decide if Republicans have the right to steal the next presidential election. That's right. We'll be ruling on the theory of independent state legislature. Independent state legislature is a judicial fart cooked up by these three bandits who helped steal the 2000 election in what's widely regarded as one of our shittest rulings ever. The theory proposes that during presidential elections, state legislatures have the power to ignore your votes and choose their own electors, which is handy if none of your favorite presidents have won the popular vote this century. And if state courts try to stop this shit fuckery by upholding their constitutions, the theory says SCOTUS should step in to decide the outcome of the election. Yep, just like what happened in 2000. History was almost repeated at the last election when El Duche asked us to use this very theory to invalidate your mail-in ballots in a bunch of swing states. Unfortunately, we didn't quite have the numbers to help him out back then. But now, we do. Trump 24. Brought to you by SCOTUS. Legal experts say it would be hypocritical of us to embrace a law with no constitutional basis after striking down this law for having no constitutional basis. But they overlook a key aspect of our jurisprudence. We don't give a shit. We're just here to impose our fucked up ideology. Lick how scrotus. What's that? How can you stop us? Well, introducing more justices and term limits would be a start, yes. but that would require an actual majority in both the House uh, and Senate. Better uh, vote in those midterms. Might be the last free election you get. Failing that, uh -huh. you'll have to find a way to show us you're not going to stand for six unelected pieces of shit rat-fucking your democracy anymore. You know, general strikes, mass protests, all good things we've been working hard to outlaw. Until then, enjoy the ride as we take you back to 1787, or whatever this frat boy imagines that to be. Uh -oh. Probably a cross between Handmaid's Tale and Beerfest. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. SCOTUS. <laughs> Authorized by the Department for Thinly Disguised Plans to usher in a theocratic Christian regime. Oh, yes. That was um, Juice Media. They are a group out of Australia that usually does these videos about the Australian government. But that was from last year, and they just couldn't resist giving us a little lesson in our own supreme or actually extreme court. Again, Juice Media, Honest Government ad, the Supreme Court U.S., and um, if you didn't hear her little, the, 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 her accent, she's obviously Australian and every now and then you'd hear a sliver of it come through. She did a, she did a really good job in, um, of, uh, of, of playing an American, <laughs> an outraged American. Um, I guess today we're all Americans. What a day. And uh, so I'm thrilled that Lisa Graves is back to help us uh, try to make sense of something that really just doesn't make any sense at all. Hey, Lisa Graves. Um, oh, you know, Wednesday, we had we had some good news to talk about, relatively speaking. Today, not so much, huh? Well, it was uh, the last day of the U.S. Supreme Court's term, and uh, they saved some of the worst decisions for the last. And so there's definitely... A lot to talk about in terms of what uh, what this um, right wing extremist captured court is trying to do to America uh, and what we can do about it. So thanks so much for inviting me on, Nicole. Oh, thank you so much for being here. So those for those who don't know Lisa, um, these days she runs an organization called True North Research. They're at truenorthresearch.org. And they do what what Lisa, what you've been doing for the last uh, many years. In fact, when we first met, you were at um, uh, Center for Democracy, Center for Media and democracy. Media and democracy. I knew, yeah. And and from through there, you exposed us to 
uh, Alec with Alec Exposed. You introduced us to the evils of the Koch brothers. Um, your, your organization did all these investigations and you continue that over at True North Research. Now, when you come on and you're the chief legal expert of the Nicole Sandler show, you're speaking in, in your capacity as a private citizen um, because your organization is, you know, an organization that, that doesn't necessarily... Um, uh, th- these are your personal views, um, whether they agree or not. This is, ah, I don't know what's going on here. I just lost Lisa. Oh, my goodness. Hold on. Lisa, I lost you. Um, I, 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 what? You know, this makes me think something fishy is going on because our streaming is um, now um, buffering. And where is, where is the Zoom with Lisa? So that was weird. Thankfully, we were able to reconnect on the phone. Don't ask me what happened. I don't know. Gremlins, of course. Back to your regular scheduled program. Lisa Graves, do I have you? You do. You do. I was in the Zoom room alone, but uh, sorry about that, Nicole. Oh, Oh my God. It's not you. It's it's YouTube because you know what? We are still streaming on or we were streaming on Facebook and um, damn it now everything looks to have quit out. No, we, Facebook and uh, Twitch. I think we're still on. Yeah, we're still on oh. Twitch. Hi, Twitch. Um, so come on over to Twitch. Go on. I think Facebook. Facebook looks like a drop too. But um, connect streaming software to go live. We're still on Twitch and we're still on the audio stream. And the podcast will go. And this will be on Progressive Voices tonight at seven. Uh, oh my goodness! What you know? Um, it's always something. And again, no reason for this to have happened. It's just one of those kind of weird gremlin-y things. That, you know, yeah. So anyway, nice sound effect. <laughs> thank Excellent. you. Thank you. So Lisa Graves is back with us by phone. Sorry about this, everybody. Um, but, but we're here and hopefully YouTube may come back online, uh, perhaps. Uh, Facebook's back. Okay. Um, so anyway, let's talk. So today, um, Wednesday, Wednesday was a better day. Today, not so much. Well, Wednesday, uh, I mean, it's still a bad week. It's still a bad year. It's still a bad Supreme Court term. Uh, all the uh, really terrible decisions they've issued, even though in a few instances they didn't go as far as uh, to the right as some of them wanted to. But, um, yeah, today was definitely a, a dark day in terms of uh, really American history when you think about what this court is doing. Uh, and there are a couple decisions that we can definitely talk about today, about uh, this week, about affirmative action, about um, debt relief, and about discrimination. Um, definitely. Well, okay. So, so the first one that they announced today was the. Um, I, I get them all mixed up. Affirmative action was the other day, right? Today was student debt relief, uh, or the first one was actually. You tell me. I'm I'm all I'm trying to do three things at once. Well, that's okay. But there, there, the sequence I suppose is less in, less important than right. the the important uh, outcome. But um, in terms of the student debt case, it's really extraordinary because um, even though the court dismissed one of the challenges, that's almost irrelevant because they took up one of the other challenges, where um, basically they decided in favor of state of a state agency in Missouri that didn't even file the case. So it shows how this um, extremely partisan right wing uh, captured part of the U.S. Supreme Court is going out of its way to uh, decide cases that advance a pretty far right wing agenda and in ways that really hurt the rights of ordinary Americans. And so in this instance, what the faction, the Trump faction, the Leonard Leo faction that dominates the Supreme Court did um, with Justice Roberts, the chief justice at the helm, was to rule that um, President Biden did not have the power to um, forgive up to like $10,000 worth of debt for people who make less than $125,000 a year. And they made that ruling, even though the agency that they ostensibly were ruling for refused to file suit. And instead, a Republican attorney general filed suit on behalf of the state of Missouri, a state that doesn't get any money from the agency, the independent agency that is supposedly the beneficiary of this ruling. 
an agency that didn't pursue this case. And um, what the court ruled, what this um, this faction um, uh, did by fiat, was say that the president lacked the power to um, alter the terms of that debt, even though Congress had expressly given the president in uh, the pandemic the power to do so, the power to change the terms of debt. And and this was this particular case was around student debt. And millions and millions of Americans, in fact, I think the estimate is at least 43 million Americans are really suffering from the weight of, of this debt. These are guaranteed student loans where the government um, is basically backing up the uh, you know, backs up the banks in terms of what they can uh, charge interest for. Students can't discharge that debt during, you know, bankruptcy. But in this instance, uh, in the pandemic, this debt was forgiven um, through an order of the president um, under existing uh, statutes passed by Congress. But this court decided to superimpose their views, their personal views, to say that the president didn't have that power under that statute and asserted that the Congress would have had to be even more specific than it already was under this completely invented fake doctrine that they uh, endorsed last year called the, quote, major questions doctrine that appears nowhere in the Constitution. Now, think about this, because here you have a situation in which um, ordinary Americans, $10,000 worth of debt forgiveness for their student loans, it, you know, has a substantial impact on each of those um, those. Uh, Americans' lives, and yet Congress, um, and uh, with the you know the support of the president, <clears throat> and without any intervention by the Supreme Court, allowed billions of dollars to be forgiven in yes. PPP loans. You know, if you look at even like that that Titan sub that that imploded earlier this week, they got nearly a, a half a million dollars in 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 a PPP loan that was forgiven. Oh my God. Club. Got country clubs got millions in debt forgiven under the PPP loan. Kanye West got millions in <sighs> PPP loans forgiven, and yet this court decides to intervene in a trumped-up case uh, made up by these Republican attorneys general and these Republicans that are doing the bidding of Leonard Leo and these right-wing billionaires to attack the idea of ordinary Americans, regular Americans who aren't aren't millionaires, aren't billionaires, aren't operating deep sea Titanic diving. Uh, uh, you know, uh, junk, junk, yes. um, dangerous junk. They can't get ten thousand dollars worth of relief, even though Congress expressly said that the president, under the statute, could alter the terms of those loans. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So, you know, just as an aside and not relating to this, but with the millions of dollars of of PPP loans forgiven for. So many people. I just um, there was one I just saw. Another a congressman had almost a million dollars, and he was bitching about the student loan thing um, that oh Joe Biden didn't have the authority to do that. And someone else retweeted his tweet and said, "By the way, that guy had nine hundred and seventy-eight thousand or thereabouts dollars in PPP loans forgiven." Well, you know what? I was impacted by the by the uh, pandemic. I couldn't get a PPP loan because I didn't have employees, but I took out an EIDL loan, economic impact disaster loan or something like that. And those are not being forgiven. So I'm paying off this $11,000, whopping $11,000 loan I got, which creates a hardship. And you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene gets millions of dollars in these PPP loans forgiven. And they're begrudging People who work their asses off to go to college, $10,000 loan relief. It's disgusting. It really is. It's fundamentally immoral. It's really inconsistent. It's deeply unfair. Um, and it's actually grotesque because, yes. um, because we you know, just had a program like we've been discussing that, has, that, that uh, did not have any income restrictions on it. And uh, companies, huge companies, uh, huge right-wing organizations as well, um, uh, you know, uh, like this, and also like this this company that was charging a billi- billionaire two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go down to visit the Titanic. They got a loan and they got it forgiven. Yeah. But someone who who was trying to work their way through school, trying to pay tuition, who had taken out a guaranteed student loan, now has been blocked by this you know really extremist 
right-wing Supreme Court faction that was installed by Donald Trump, that was installed with the help of dark money billionaires funneling money through Leonard Leo and his operations, has managed to stop ordinary Americans from getting this modest debt relief and people who are making less than $125,000 a year. So it's a, it's a terrible decision. I hope that people organize against it. I hope that people will uh, uh, take this into account along with the other really extreme decisions by this Supreme Court, including the Dobbs decision last year, uh, destroying constitutional right to access abortion, um, their, their decision to attack the EPA last year with this so-called major questions doctrine to claim that the Environmental Protection Agency cannot protect our environment. Uh, by regulating power plants, even in that case, a case where um, the, the the statute that they were ruling against to enact or impose this theory, this so-called major questions doctrine theory, that 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 clean power plant wasn't even in effect, and so in essence, the court was deciding to rule in what um, you know lawyers would call a case that is not a case or controversy, there where there actually isn't a case. Um, the court is the courts are not supposed to issue what are called advisory opinions about something that may or may not happen. But here we have, um, as well in this term today, a decision in a case, um, this this case is called the 301 case, involving a woman who claimed that she might someday be asked by a gay couple to create a website for them, and she wanted advance permission to discriminate against them by claiming it's against her religious beliefs, even though she had never actually been asked to have a contract to create a website for a gay couple. That is not a case or controversy. It is not a live issue that this court should be issuing opinions on, and yet it did. Just like in the student debt case, this court decided to issue a ruling in favor of an agency that didn't even bring the case to the Supreme Court, chose not to, and instead of very political, partisan, right-wing state attorney general who's part of this network, whose largest funder over the last decade has been Leonard Leo's dark money operation, brings a challenge um, on behalf of the state of Missouri where the state of of Missouri is not um, actually in control. It's not a supervisory entity over this independent state agency, gets no money from this program, uh, the, the student debt program in Missouri, and yet this court decided it doesn't matter whether there's an actual case or controversy, if they want to rule against you, if they want to impose their personal political views as law, they're going to do it. And so we have a Supreme Court, a U.S. Supreme Court that's out of control, but not just out of control from a sense of power, but a Supreme Court that is out of control and doing serious damage and harm to the interests of real people in this country, right. to our freedoms, including our freedoms to have you know a fair economic system, including student debt forgiveness, our freedom to be free from discrimination based on bias, um, you know, our, our freedom to, uh, you know, have equal opportunities or fair opportunities to thrive. And instead, what you have is this, to have, um, you know, a fair economic system, including student debt forgiveness, right. our freedom. Oh, I'm sorry, Lisa, I lost you there. For oh, a no, I was I was I was saying, yeah, I was affirming you. I couldn't see you since we're on the phone. Right. But my answer to you, that was yes. <laughs> you know, so I, I, standing is a thing. I'm not a legal, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even play one on the radio, but I know about standing. And you've got to have standing to bring a case to the Supreme Court. So the question is, how did this get done? Here's a little clip of a lawyer who was on uh, MSNBC this afternoon. Her name is Lisa Rubin. And this, listen to this clip I pulled. It's just what you're talking about here. But this, something's fishy in in the Supreme Court here. This court's term illustrates how easily far-right organizations have been able to opportunistically manufacture disputes that come before the courts. It used to be that the disputes we would see that reach the Supreme Court were organic. Someone had a legitimate bona fide dispute that ultimately reached the Supreme Court. But here, we see the Alliance Defending Freedom, for example, a far-right conservative group, reach the court not only on the web developer case, but they're the organization behind the Mifepristone case as well. And in both circumstances, they took plaintiffs that really didn't have a bone to pick and transform them into a dispute. In Lori Smith's case, 
the reason that they did that is there was nobody who wanted her to design a website. In fact, the guy whose application she says she got says he never even asked her to do that. It's not even clear she had standing to maintain that lawsuit. And similarly, in the Mifepristone case, the Alliance Defending Freedom sort of incorporated a new group of physicians in Amarillo, Texas. Why? So that they could get in front of their handpicked judge. So I think it's worth considering just how these cases even come before the court in this new 6-3 atmosphere to begin with. You know, she makes some really good points there, doesn't she, Lisa? Well, she does, you know, and one of my friends um, uh, from law school uh, basically said everything we learned in civil procedure uh, and constitutional law about standing uh, at this elite law school means basically nothing because you, you spend all this time in school learning about this idea that under our Article 3 of the Constitution, the Supreme Court can hear cases or controversies and something things that are hypothetical where there is not someone actually harmed where there isn't actually a case, the court is not supposed to rule on them. This is not just recent doctrine. This is decades, hundreds of years of legal doctrine. And yet this Supreme Court, this Roberts Court, this Trump Court, this uh, dark money um, engulfed Supreme Court is basically deciding cases that actually are not cases where there is an actual controversy. They're deciding hypotheticals that have been concocted by these right-wing groups that helped get these justices installed, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, um, helped get them installed. And then they're ruling, they're issuing edicts, even though there is actually not a, a, a legitimate plaintiff or party that's been harmed. And that Mr. Christone case in Texas, it, it is forum shopping because they did decide to target Amarillo, Texas, where this right-wing Trump appointee who lied, lied to the American people, lied to the United States Senate, claimed he um, had not been involved, basically did not reveal that he had just recently co-written an article attacking Roe versus Wade, um, which turned out he had, he had a pre-existing view, didn't recuse himself because he was chosen to be on the court in that place in order to try to destroy women's reproductive rights. And that's what he attempted to do in his opinion in this case that was just contrived by this far right-wing group, Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, um, and its allies. And he actually previously worked with the um, the guy who is now the head of the Alliance Defending Freedom in another related group, another one of these right-wing uh, you know, fundamentalist uh, extremist groups that's trying to use the First Amendment's uh, Freedom of Religion Clause, the Free Exercise Clause, as a sword, not a shield against government um, government oppression, but as a sword to attack anti-discrimination laws. And so, um, and, but it's not just that that judge in Texas was handpicked, uh, that there was form shopping. In essence, the U.S. Supreme Court is the ultimate form shopping game. Uh, what these right-wing groups have done is, is basically created a scheme to get their extremist uh, desires before this receptive Supreme Court that was chosen in order to really uh, uh, destroy key freedoms. And let me just make one point to underscore that, Nicole, which is that um, the U.S. Supreme Court receives, you know, between 8,000 and 9,000 appeals or what are called writs of certiorari, basically requests to hear these cases. It chooses each year, handpicks 65 to 75 cases to hear in a Supreme Court term. The U.S. Supreme Court only has mandatory jurisdiction, meaning they have to take the case under the U.S. Constitution in a handful of cases, for example, where one state sues another state over water or border or something like that. That rarely happens. What that means is that almost 100 percent of the docket or the slate of cases that this court hears are discretionary. What does it mean for them to be discretionary? It means that on the U.S. Supreme Court, four of the nine judges on that court are voting to hear these particular cases. Right now, you have a court that is six to three in terms of who is the political party that appointed them. So in essence, four Republican appointees are choosing each of these cases because they believe they have the votes to change the law, to rewrite the law, to rewrite our rights. And so they are handpicking cases, but in this instance, they're not even handpicking legitimate cases. Right. They're handpicking concocted, contrived cases 
by their allies, by people who helped back many of them for their positions on this high court, and then they are ruling in their favor. There is something smells foul in Denmark, uh, <laughs> is the famous phrase from Shakespeare. Yep. Yep. This, this court is, is deeply um, awry. Right. This court is, is fundamentally off track. It's out of step. It's doing the bidding of the far right in America, and it is deeply dangerous to our democracy to have this institution so captured by these far right judges who are willing to dispense with precedent in order to impose their political agenda on America. Lisa, you are so right. A couple of things that I want to point out. Ian Milheiser, who writes about the courts for Vox, tweeted, for the second year in a row, Neil Gorsuch just straight up made shit up in a majority opinion, favoring the Christian right. Like, it's not just that he made up law. He made up fake factual claims. So this is in an article that Ian Milheiser has up at Vox. So there's that. There's all kinds of lying and making shit up going on here. Then the other thing that I wanted to point out is um, someone else. I don't even know who this person is. Patrick Giacomo who's a civil rights litigator at the Institute for Justice, tweeted, Today, the Supreme Court also denied cert, meaning they're not taking the case, in a couple of Eighth Circuit qualified immunity cases. Justice Sotomayor dissented. Two cases. She's in, um, Sotomayor is directly calling for the court to end qualified immunity, but they're saying they won't even hear these cases. So these are actual cases that have bearing uh, for the American public. Um, qualified immunity, that's what gets lets co- cops get away with literal murder. Um, and yet they're taking this bullshit case that, that was just made up, that didn't even exist. Nobody asked this woman to make a website for their gay wedding. Yeah, I mean, it really is extraordinary. And Ian Milhouse is just a terrific analyst that article is you know a very worthy read i can't endorse the institute for justice but i do appreciate that they flagged this issue of qualified immunity because as you as you point out nicole this is another area where uh, a conservative or right wing although i don't consider this court to be conservative at all no that's what i said yesterday it's not conservative it's right wing right big difference it's it's right (laughs) it's right wing and in the qualified immunity cases what you have is Another um, basically created doctrine that the Supreme Court, a previous Supreme Court, uh, a a majority of Republican appointees um, on that court um, have affirmed over time this idea that police are entitled to, quote, qualified immunity, which makes it very hard to hold them responsible when they kill uh, or wound or maim American citizens or residents, people that are in their custody. And there's a, a much broader movement in America to say, you know, why why is there that um, why is that legal thing in, interposed between letting a jury actually decide on the merits uh, whether this a person um, you know uh, used excessive force or whether this uh, this police officer you know violated the law, um, but the, this doctrine has been interposed by the courts and there's an effort to get it overturned, but as um, as you mentioned, um, there are not four votes, meaning on the Republican appointee side of that equation, no Republican appointee will join with a Democratic appointee in saying, let's hear one of those actual cases where an American was harmed uh, by a police officer, where there's a claim that the police officer used excessive force or maybe killed someone, um, and and have that case um, be heard by this court. Instead, the court would prefer to fill its docket with cases that aren't actually live controversy, but they're hypothetical made up contrived controversies and not just that last year in one of these uh cases where the court was rewriting the religious uh religion clauses in our constitution rewriting the separation of church and state you had alito justice alito who has been recently in the news for his uh fabulous salmon fishing trip with the billionaire paul singer um trips where uh, alito claimed oh there just happened to be an extra seat on the private jet <laughs> uh, that was going to go vacant if right. I didn't take it. Someone else would have taken I, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> the trip that Leonard Leo, Leonard Leo again, had arranged with a billionaire, you know, pairing him like a dating app uh, to a Supreme Court justice. You know, it wasn't just any trip to Alaska. It was the trip on this a salmon fishing venture. Anyway, 
Alito, in one of the one of the decisions last year, uh, wrote this whole opinion about uh, about whether about a coach's prayer um, with the team. I remember claimed it was in the locker room, and in the dissent, one of the dissenting opinions had to had to print in the records of the United States Supreme Court the actual photo showing the prayer was taking on place the field. on the field. I remember and so it. it was just right. lie after lie after lie by these justices, a, lying by Alito. Alito, who famously, absurdly, outrageously, in the middle of the State of the Union address, when President Barack Obama was talking about the Affordable Care Act, you know, Mal, whispered, that's not whispered, true. Mal, you, yeah, right? you, you lie. Yeah, yeah they, that's not true. I mean, Alito, who, yep. who after issuing the decision last year, destroying uh, Americans' right, uh, constitutional right to access abortion, uh, 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 reversing 49 years of legal precedent, calling into question other cases like the right to access contraception in the 21st century um, of America. Yeah. This guy, Alito, went on like basically like an applause tour to far-right groups uh, touting like his success in destroying Roe. He is not acting like a judge. He's certainly not obeying the longstanding rules of being a judge. His, his Alito uh, earlier this month had the audacity to write an op-ed in the far right rag uh, uh, editorial page of the Wall Street Journal. Not the not that the reporting is bad. Right. The, reporting the, the is editorial good, page, but the is, page Fox. is just it's, <laughs> it's just news so right. But he chose rather than actually respond to reporters' questions, he chose to write an op-ed. In which he asserted, like, asserted that he was not required to reveal this trip on this private jet, even though every federal employee or appointee in all three branches, other than apparently Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito, and uh, previously Scalia, right. we now are learning more about and now Roberts uh, and uh, Amy Coney Barrett, yeah, and you know, could, yeah. yeah, that they're not they're not allowed to take a private jet as quote personal hospitality, as if you're going to your friends house for your you know 50th birthday party and they're giving you cake right a private jet is not cake no a private jet is a thing worth hundreds of thousands of dollars or at least tens of thousands of dollars a pop and alito a guy who's who's supposedly entrusted with interpreting our constitution and our freedom has the audacity to claim that the law which is crystal frigging clear on no private jets somehow didn't reach uh, the jet because it's like a quote a facility, um, which is a ridiculous claim. It would be ridiculous if he weren't a Supreme Court justice. It's even more ridiculous that he claimed it as a Supreme Court justice. It just calls into question not just his judgment but his mendacity, his uh, his willingness to basically bend over backwards to serve himself, to serve billionaires, to serve his right wing sort of fundamentalist. Um, allies and fans, and to do so in a way that disservices the Constitution, is a disservice to the Constitution, and is a disservice to the role that he's entrusted to perform on the highest court of the United States. That's just one of many such examples, which is why we really need a movement to reform this Supreme Court. Yes, we do. To restore balance and to restore fairness. Except, did you see, so Joe Biden sat for a a lengthy interview yesterday afternoon with Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. I only pulled one clip, um, and this is on this very subject. Before I got elected, while I put together a group of constitutional scholars, to try to expand the court, which I think is a mistake. After all, the, the judgment was that that doesn't make sense. What? Because it can become so politicized. It's already future. politicized. And so what I've done is I have, in my appointments, I've appointed 136 judges and found ourselves in a situation where I pick people who are from various backgrounds. We've appointed more women to the appellate courts, black women to the appellate courts, than every other president in American history. Not just Katanji Brown, but more than any across the board. Well, that's all well and good. But if he's not willing to talk about expanding the court, uh, it's a moot point, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I think that, first of all, there's a strong movement growing for court reform. And that includes term limits, which would be a very important uh, move forward. Because there's no reason why people who are appointed in their 40s should be given a, a job to sit on our U.S. Supreme Court for the next. 40 years through right. 10 possible presidential administrations. Like, 
that is, it's absurd. Uh, that lifetime appointment, you know, uh, in the time of our founding didn't mean that people were serving for that long. It was more like a maybe 10, uh, 12 year appointment, uh, you know, possibly rarely longer. Um, but the fact is, is that we could, I think we could easily move a term limits bill that would affect this situation where you have these right wing uh, presidents um, appointing people who, you know, who are unfit for the role and then imposing them on us for, for not just one generation, but two generations. If there is not Supreme Court reform, demand justice, and others have calculated that we will be stuck with a right-wing majority on this Supreme Court until 2065, oh my 40 God. years yes. from now. It has to be reformed. Now, the question of expanding the court, I strongly believe in expanding the court. I wasn't on that blue ribbon panel. I don't think the right people, all the right people were on that panel. But the fact is, is that you have to make the case for it. I think the case can be made. For it, and the fact is, is that the United States Constitution has no number specified for the U.S. Supreme Court. I personally would advocate for it being 15 judges. We have so many more Americans in this country, so many more cases for this this Supreme Court to hear than it already hears. We need more judges and and more appellate panels because we have you know more than 300 million people in this country. We have tens of thousands of people clamoring for appeals every year. And most of those cases are not heard by this court because it's at the same size it was set over 100 years ago. Right. That number nine isn't magic. It's not uh, set in stone. It shouldn't be treated as such. Nope. And we need to rebalance our court and ensure that we have fair judges. Right. Not this slate of extremists who were handpicked by Leonard Leo, who's you know basically channeling his billionaire benefactors in trying to destroy century of law in America and regress of the Constitution back to like archaic, archaic days. Yes. As I said, today we went back to the Middle Ages. But Lisa, can you explain this? So there's the Supreme Court right below the Supreme Court are the district courts of appeals, right? We all we all hear about how something was sent down to the 11th district court and there are certain Supreme Court justices have, I guess, jurisdiction over certain of these districts. They used to be corresponding to the nine justices. There were nine, but now there are 11. There are arguments that there should be more than that. Shouldn't they coincide so there's the same number of districts as there are justices, or am I off base there? Well, it used to be that, you know, in the ancient days of horseback travel, uh, the justices would ride the circuit uh, uh. to these different uh, judicial circuits, which is what these appellate uh, courts are, and there are 11 geographic circuits plus the um, U.S. Circuit Court for the District of Columbia, the D.C. Circuit, Right. pardon me. Um, and so there are 12 um, geographic circuits, in essence, and there are nine justices. I think there actually should be more than 12 circuits because our country has grown dramatically. Right. These circuits are, are not adequate to handle the number of cases uh, where people are crying out for justice. But they're not, it's not just that we need more judges, we need more fair judges. We need people who weren't handpicked to overturn Roe or overturn uh, gay marriage or overturn, uh, you know, more than 20 years of precedent regarding affirmative action and diversity in our higher education. Um, the decision on affirmative action overturned 20 years of legal precedent, where there was this effort to have a balancing, uh, a balancing effect to deal with the fact that we have continuing discrimination, racial discrimination in America that has continued to produce a substantial hardship, uh, in particular on Black Americans, but not only on Black Americans. There's, you know, a, a range of discrimination that occurs. And yet, this court does nothing about legacy preferences, oh. meaning alumni kids right. whose parents went to that college. Um, when I was in law school, and I know we're almost out of time, but when I was in law school, my professor, uh, Professor Schifrin, um, raised this question of how many people oppose affirmative action, and he had the people raise their hands, and then he said, okay, for those of you with your hands raised, how many of you have a parent who went to Cornell Law School, which is Ivy League Law School, and most of them uh, were people who had their, who, whose parents had gone there, and they said, how many of you had your grandparents go uh -huh. to Cornell Law School? Mm. And a, bol a majority of them remained with their hands up, and he said, you know, you get a plus when you apply to this law school because your parent or grandparent went here That's at a right. time when the school was expressly, basically rarely admitting uh, anyone who wasn't white right? And, and rarely admitting any women, quite frankly. Um, and so he said, he said, he said to those students, he said, you don't, you're, you don't just get a plus, you get a plus plus because 
your parent or grandparent went here at a time of, of de jure, basically um, legal discrimination, um, and yet you have the audacity to oppose uh, having any effort to address that or redress that racial discrimination, that racial, that history of racial discrimination. And one of them was like, well, yeah, but the, we, the, we get the, we get the alumni benefit or the, the, uh, you know, that sort of benefit because <laughs> colleges need to raise money from alumni. Oh, so raising money to, in their view, at least the view of some of them in that little crowd, um, was a worthy reason for um, advancing these predominantly, and in fact, in that instance, exclusively white students to get a, a, a leg up, even if they didn't test well, right. they got a leg up because their parents might give money to the school. But that's okay. But we can't do anything to redress the actual documented history of racial discrimination and the ongoing uh, impact of racial discrimination in our society. And that's why Kadanti Brown Jackson's dissent was so powerful. I right. would urge all of your listeners to read it. It you know talks about the reality, living in reality. And right now, this court this right-wing majority court with um, Thomas, with his extreme, uh, you know, corruption in my view, with Alito, uh, with the with the way in which this court is just has been so captured and is not actually following precedent, is just determined to destroy it. You know, really shows how out of step they are, not just with um, America, but with reality, with facts with history. Right. Exactly. And you know what? It's playing out even in what cases they're choosing to take up. So today we learned that they, they granted several new cases for the next term. Again, we heard no on qualified immunity, cops getting away with murder, but they they granted a, a major Second Amendment case involving whether people subject to domestic violence orders, somebody who's beats his beat his wife and has a domestic violence uh, a restraining order, whether or not that person can be forbidden from having guns that they're going to hear, but not qualified well, immunity. Say, you need to come talk about that because I worked on that when I was at the Justice Department that issue of trying to make sure that people who have uh have a protective order against them can't get a gun to kill their partner yes and has and and the, and the availability of guns for people who have um who have protective orders against them you know is a, is a real crisis in and has has, has resulted in the, the availability of those firearms to those uh those people um has resulted in the loss of of many people's lives of many women's lives and so, um, yeah, I would love to come back on and talk to you more about that. And also on qualified immunity, yes. no one is saying that any cop is like automatically convicted. It's basically letting the jury decide the facts about what happened without interposing uh, this invented doctrine to try to give them further insulation from being held accountable by a jury of their peers, jury system, which may or may not convict the police officer depending on the facts. So it's, it's a question of fairness. And this court is certainly out of step. But also, it seems determined to put its thumb on the scale of justice to aid the billionaires, to aid the richest few, and to, obey, to, and to assist this far-right, fundamentalist, um, right-wing agenda that really is hostile to freedom, hostile to the freedoms uh, that, other, that most Americans enjoy and want to enjoy, which is to be free from discrimination and to be, uh, have the opportunity to thrive and have fair programs and fair That's systems. Right. That's right. Uh, it's astounding. You know, one last thing I did notice, interestingly enough, in Brazil, their high court voted to bar Bolsonaro from any elections until 2030 for falsifying, you know, election results. Why can't we do something like that? Well, if only the 14th Amendment were um, uh, actually, um, you know, enforced because it right. expressly bars people who... Uh, engage in insurrection from holding office ever. Right. Um, I'd like to see it applied at the congressional level as well as the presidential level. Well, didn't they just pervert the 14th Amendment today, saying that this um, uh, gives the right to discriminate? That the 14th well, Amendment. Well, in, in fact, they claim that it was never permissible, and yet the same Congress that uh, that adopted the 14th Amendment adopted laws to create a Freedmen's Bureau to help uh, the recently freed African-American slaves um, have a chance to have um, laws enforced, you know, protections enforced in our society. So the idea that that the Constitution is, quote, colorblind, it's only, it's, it's only actually being blind to injustice through the decision that was issued by this faction of the U.S. Supreme Court that was installed by these 
right wing, um, you know, right wing advocates like Leonard Leo. Yes, absolutely. Lisa Graves, thank you so much. I'm so sorry for the technical problems the the the, the gremlins seem to come out on the worst possible days. But uh, at least we were able to talk. I will turn this around. The podcast will be flawless. The video will even be fine because we were on Twitch and Twitter and I don't know about Facebook, but it's just YouTube that that went down today. So um, I'll turn it around. It'll air on Progressive Voices tonight at 7 Eastern. And the podcast will be up and it'll run, you know, best of all weekend long, too. And the podcast will be there. So Lisa Graves, find her on Twitter at the Lisa Graves and do check out truenorthresearch.org because they do amazing work. Lisa, thank you so much. And uh, here's, oh, here's <laughs> to better times ahead. All right. If only. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. I'm so sorry for the uh, the tech problems today, but, you know, such is my life these days. Um, all right. Uh, again, program reminder, Monday and Tuesday, I will be doing um, music shows for 4th of July. They will be posted on the website at NicoleSandler.com. They'll air on my, st- well, the Lair on Progressive Voices at 7 p.m. Eastern Monday and Tuesday, or go to the website to get the, the the podcast. And we'll be back here live on Wednesday with Marcy Wheeler. Okay? All right. So have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the holiday if you can. Uh, we got a lot of work to do in this country. So uh, keep the faith. And uh, screw you, Extreme Court. Happy Independence Day. Bye.